we're talking about how that healing, physical healing, belongs to us. And, you know, we've talked a lot about how healing is in the atonement. We've talked about how that God is the same yesterday and today and forever. He never changes. He is Jehovah Rapha. He said, I am the Lord that heals you. So tonight I want to start talking to you about the healing power of God. You know, here's the thing. The healing power of God. Do you know there's power, healing power, that's in operation? We see it in the ministry of Jesus. He was in his own house. And remember the story where the guys broke up the ceiling and they lowered a guy and he got healed? Well, it said the whole house was filled with religious leaders, scribes, doctors of the law, and all this stuff. And it says this, the power of God was present to heal them. So could you imagine, this is a story about Jesus preaching to a house full of people, so much so that the guy that was sick couldn't even get in, so his friends literally took him up on the roof, broke up the roof, messed up the minister's hair. Do you imagine those religious leaders, man? You're getting dust on me, I can't, right? Right? So, you know, some, some ministers need to have their hair messed up, right? But anyway, so it's interesting that the Bible says that the power of God was present to heal them. And yet in this story, the only guy that received healing was not even in the house yet. Why am I saying that? Because it's not enough to know that there's healing power. You, want, you need to know how it operates how to, so that you can receive from it. Okay, so we're going to talk about this. I don't know how long we'll take. You know, we might have to pause after this Wednesday night because next Wednesday night, I'm going to be watching Pastor Dave preach from the beach probably. So we're going we're gonna to be in California. But, you know, we're going to talk about this. This is, think of this, um, it's kind of like you're in healing school right now. And we need to talk about these things because the God of heaven is a healer. And he wants you to understand, first of all, as a minister, how to operate and minister to people in that healing power. If there's one thing that's amazing about Jesus, and we're going to talk about this, Jesus said this. He said, listen, the words that I'm speaking are not my words. The works that I'm doing are are not my works. They're both the Father's. And when you do a study on that, you see a connection between the words of Jesus and the works of Jesus. And, and I mean, Jesus could not have possibly operated on this planet as God because in the River Jordan, he was baptized and the Spirit of God in all of his fullness came down and anointed him. God anointed him. And guess what? If Jesus had not laid aside all of his godly attributes and took upon himself flesh and lived on this earth as a man anointed by God, see, if he operated as God, he would have had no need to be anointed. He would already be anointed, right? So, but he lived on this earth as a man anointed by God. He said, the words that I speak, I'm only saying what I'm hearing the Father saying. I'm only doing what he is doing. And actually, two times in one chapter, it says that, that my father did the works. And then we start to see some principles on the healing power of God. Man, I'm telling you, if you learn how to just lay hold of that and receive that, boy, I'll tell you, you could walk in all the health that Jesus has paid a huge price for you to walk in. So you ready to learn a little bit about this? There's a lot in the word about it. A lot in the word. So go over to Isaiah 53. Hallelujah. We've talked about Isaiah chapter 53, the great redemptive chapter. We're going to look at verse 4 and 5 again, just as we kind of launch off here tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The word is so good. If your body is hurting tonight, 
If you have symptoms in your body, if you've been diagnosed with something, I've got good news for you. The healing power of God is present to heal you tonight. Amen? His healing power is present to heal you. And he's no respecter of persons. Forget this thing, God heals some and not others. Nope. Everything God did, he did for everybody. Amen? Hallelujah. He, he's the God who would have all men to be saved. He's the God who heals all. Redemption is for everybody. Whosoever will, let him come. Right? So Isaiah 53, verse 4, it starts out by saying, Surely, which means without a doubt, he, talking about Jesus, hath, past tense, borne our griefs. And we broke this down in weeks past. The word born is the word nasah. It means to bear away as someone who is suffering punishment. And what it is, he's bearing something away as a punishment so that it is never, ever, ever found again. That's what the word nasah means. So he bore something away to never be found again and this word it says he bore our griefs but as we looked a little deeper into this word it's the hebrew word koli every time in the old testament this word literally is defined as physical sickness and disease in the great redemptive chapter, the word of God, which stands forever, is saying, most assuredly, without a doubt, Jesus bore something away. He bore my sickness and he bore my disease away as a punishment upon him so that it would never be found again. That's pretty big, right? And it says, and he carried... This is the Hebrew word sabal. This means he bore something as a penalty or as a chastisement. And he carried our sorrows. As we looked a little deeper, this word sorrows is the Hebrew word makab. Every other place in the Old Testament, this word is translated physical pains. So he not only bore your sicknesses and diseases, but he carried, he carried, he carried away your pain, your physical pain. So if you have physical pain or sickness and disease in your body, it is not legally there. We're not standing up and saying, I'm not sick. No, no, if you've been diagnosed with something, if you have something you've seen on an MRI, if you have some pain in your body, standing up and saying, I'm, I don't have pain when you have pain, what you're doing is you're calling something that is as though it's not. What that is, let's define what that is. That's a lie. That's not true. Right? Faith doesn't call things that are as though they're not. Faith calls those things that are not as though they are. So I don't walk around saying I'm not sick. I walk around saying I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm calling something that's not as though it was. And guess what happens when you do that? God performs the word and the changes happen in your physical body. How many of you have ever been healed of something? Very tangible, right? I know some testimony, Sherry, just recently, right? So, I mean, all kinds of stuff. But listen, we have to get this right. It says he bore our griefs, he bore our physical sicknesses and diseases and carried away our physical pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Coley is always translated physical sicknesses and diseases everywhere in the Old Testament. Macabre is all, always translated physical pains all throughout the Old Testament. Verse 5, check this out. But he was wounded for, now look at this, 
it says in verse 4, he hath bore something, past tense. Now in verse 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement, which means, the, literally this means the discipline, the punishment, the restraint, right, of our peace was, past tense, upon him, and with his stripes we are, present tense, healed. Now this word healed is interesting. It's the Hebrew word, you've heard this before, Rapha. Jesus said in Exodus 15, 28, or God said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Jehovah Rapha. That's the same word here. And with his stripes we are. Present tense. At the end of this one verse, there's a change, as we've said before. Rapha. This word means to heal completely. This word means to mend, to mend. It means to cure. It means to cause something to become fresh. It's talking about physical healing. This Hebrew word describes the process of healing, being restored to health, and to be made healthy. Okay, The New American Standard Bible says it this way, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising of our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourgings, or by his scourging, we are healed. I love the Amplified Classic because it brings out the Hebrew very well. It says here, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being was upon him. Wow. Do you need peace and well-being? The punishment the thing that was restraining that from coming upon us was put on him. So now peace and well-being, there's nothing restraining it. Do you know the only thing that can keep peace and well-being from you is you simply won't believe that. But if you'll believe it, it's yours. Nothing is restraining that anymore. And it says here, and with his stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. So now we've got this Old Testament redemptive chapter. It starts out in verse 1, who will believe our report? And that's going to be the question in every person's life. Are you going to believe what you're seeing in the natural? Is that going to be your final thing? Is that going to be your truth? Or are you going to believe what God said? Because if you'll believe what God said and act on it, you will get that answer every time. Amen? So now let's jump over to the Holy Spirit's commentary on this verse, Matthew chapter 8. He literally quotes Isaiah 53, 5. So Matthew chapter 8 in verse 16. Matthew 8, 16. Hallelujah. It says this, when the even was come, the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all that were sick. This word sick is real interesting in the Greek. It means sick. It means, you know, have you ever been sick, right? So he, he healed, it says he healed all of them. And he did that, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah. That's the Greek rendering of the, word, of the name Isaiah. The prophet saying, himself 
took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. He's quoting Isaiah 53, 5. Jesus himself bore your sickness and your disease and carried your pain so you don't have to. Now, how did that happen? How in the world, in back in A.D. 30, did he, was he able to do that? Well, we understand from just teaching that sickness, all sickness and disease is a result of the fall of man. When, when Adam and Eve sinned, it says that sin entered the world and the wages of sin is always death. Death entered the world by sin. So that's why it says in the word of God how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and even with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. The Bible calls all sickness and disease spiritual oppression. All sickness and disease. Well, I'll tell you, when you get a revelation and you see that as the enemy will throw thoughts in your mind to try to get you to take them so that you sin in the same way symptoms is an outward manifestation of a spiritual attack that's trying to get you to take sickness. It's exactly the same. And I'm here to tell you tonight, you don't have to take it. What, pastor, are you saying? That if you have a symptom, if you get diagnosed with something, you, you, now don't, don't jump up and get in a doctor's face and say, no, yeah, no, no, he, he or she, thank God for doctors. We, you know, see, God does not work with doctors, but doctors will work with God. They'll keep us, they'll keep us, you know, alive long enough, right? With some, maybe some surgical procedures or some medicine so that we can get in faith. But listen, realize this, a doctor or anybody in that field, they are literally, they can only operate in the realm of what they've learned based on what they've seen. That's where all their knowledge is. But God is saying, I'm beyond, I'm beyond that. So when a doctor looks at you and says, listen, there's nothing else I can do, be excited because God still has something he can do. If your kidney's shot, he has a new kidney for you. Amen. Right? The, why is that? Because Jesus bore your sickness and he carried your pain. It's already been paid for. So you thank the doctor and then when you walk out of that office, you say, Father, I reject I reject this sickness. I reject this disease. I will not allow this to be in my body. You've given me authority in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is, diabetes, arthritis, whatever it is, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. I command you to leave my body. Why? For it is written. Jesus himself bore this. If your hip's given you problems, no. Knees giving you problems? No. I reject that. In the natural, that sounds crazy. That's why I would encourage you, whenever you're facing something physically, don't go telling your whole family. Because they will think you're crazy. Right? Well, why wouldn't they if they don't know? Don't think they're crazy for thinking you're crazy. No, actually, you're crazy for thinking that they would just think that's normal. Right? And don't go running around saying, I don't have cancer. Because that's not faith. That's calling something that is as though it's not. That's why we teach this stuff, right? So we could understand this. Jesus himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So we said this at the end of last week. We said this. In the Old Testament, it was the promise of God that through obedience to his word would always end in healing. That's the way it always worked in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, obedience to Jesus 
who is the word made flesh, always results in healing. In the Old Testament, God said, if you'll do this, take heed to my ways and just do what I say, I will not allow any of the diseases that came on the Egyptians to come on you because I'm the Lord that heals you. If you'll just do my word. In the, so in other words, if you do this, then God says, I will do this. In the New Testament, it it's flips because now you're born again. You're a child of God. The moment you receive Christ, I was four and a half years old. I didn't even know who Isaiah was. But the moment I received Christ as a four and a half year old little boy, the moment I was given all things that, per- give, that pertain to life and godliness, I was blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. I was given everything. And now God is saying, listen, you put my word first. You meditate in my word day and night. My, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. He'll teach you the word of God. And then what you do now, so now as a New Testament believer, I'm not going to God saying, oh God, will you please heal me? Because he won't. You know why he won't go and heal anybody anymore? Because he's already done it. So there's not one scripture in here that will tell you that, that he's going to sometime in the future heal your body. No, it tells you all the time, sometime in the past, he's already provided it. And now if you'll believe that and act on it, he will perform it right now in 2021. It's the way it works. So now, as a New Testament believer, sickness, disease, and pain has to bow to who I am in Christ. So I have to exercise my right and my authority to walk in this now. Does that make sense? This is huge. I know I say this over and over and over, but see, you don't learn this stuff. You have to see it and discern it. So now let's jump over and let's start talking about this healing power. So go to Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 20. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. You've heard me talk about this scripture before. You could say verses 20 through 22 of Proverbs chapter 4. It talks, it's literally the prescription on how to take the word of God. The word is literally called medicine. Where we're going with this, you're going to see that the word of God has quickening power in it to heal your body, so you need to stand and live under the light of God's word. A lot of people are not receiving their healing because they're not living under the light of God's word. They'll come in for a moment, and then they go live their own life, and they get out here, and then they'll come in again. But no, if you're believing God for something, listen, that sickness, that disease, that degeneration, all that stuff will work 24-7. So you need to live under the light of God's word so that you get built up so that you can stand and stand and not let that do that, right? This is very important. My son, attend to my words. Put my words first place. Incline your ear unto my sayings. In other words, give my word your undivided attention. Let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. Always see yourself having, being, and doing what the word says that he's given you, right? That he's done for you, that you can do as you operate in the word of God. You always see yourself having what the word says you have. Keep them, talking about God's words, in the midst of your heart. Now this statement right here, I want to take a minute and focus on this. Keep God's words in the midst of your heart. Right there, that statement right there tells us that this is not a mental exercise. This is not a mental exercise, okay? In other words, this is saying you must allow God's word to impact your spirit man. There's a big difference. You know, we're to walk in love. 
and you'll see people, they'll come to church, and they're so nice, and they're so sweet. And then they're out in their life, they're this nice little Christian, and they get pressed. And they're like a sponge that got squeezed. And sometimes, see, when your sponge gets squeezed, you find out really what's on the inside of you. I've seen some really wonderful, sweet, older ladies just be so nice, and just all of a sudden you're like, woo, wow, okay, we just found out where they're at. Thought they were fairly spiritually mature, found out they're still in diapers. You know, we need, we need to give them some word, give them the pacifier, right, you know? Right? Have you ever been pressed and wrong things came out? What you do when that happens... Man, when that happens, you apologize, and then you go back, and what do you do? Don't beat yourself up. There's no guilt, shame, or condemnation in Christ. God's not mad at you. Start filling yourself with the word. So next time you get squeezed, you won't respond wrong, right? You've got to allow the word of God to impact your spirit. Man, I'm telling you, the love of God when you walk in a revelation of the love of God, that means when you're walking in it, it'll keep you. Man, I've had situations where I'm standing there looking at myself going, wow, you're not even acting like you. And then the Spirit of God will go, oh, no, no. No, actually, you are. You're acting like you. What you've been doing is acting like your flesh. Right? Oh, gosh. What God's placed on the inside of us is so wonderful. It says, keep the word of God in the midst of your heart. Now, verse 22 gives us the reason why we do verse 20 and 21. Why do I put God's word first place, give it my undivided attention, always keep it in front of my eyes, always keep it in the midst of my heart? Why do I do that? Why? For they, my words, God says, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. See, finding God's word, how you find God's word is that you make God's word a part of your heart. There's so many Christians that are frustrated in their walk and they're trying to be a good Christian. Can we, just, can we just be family tonight and just go, you know what? I'm out on that deal. I'm done. I'm, I, I stopped years ago trying to be a good Christian. I stopped decades ago trying to live for God. I stopped living for God. I stopped trying to do it on my own. I started letting God live through me right? I started letting the word, I started letting who he is impact my life. And it changed everything. Do you have any addictions in your life tonight? Don't, don't try in your own strength to overcome them. Because you'll just beat yourself up. You'll be condemned. Just, just let God take it from you. I'm telling you, he's a master at that. Right? Don't, don't try to don't try to lay hold of your healing in your own strength. Don't do that. Just decide, I'm going to put his word first place. I'm going to give his word my undivided attention. So that means when my body's speaking to me because it's hurting, I'm not going to give that my attention. I'm going to say, no, 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 no. Pain, you got to leave for it is written. It is written. It is written. I'm now, see, do you see how? I'm giving the word my undivided attention. I'm here to tell you that God will perform his word. Not, the Bible says not any part of this will not come to pass. Isn't that good news? So why do I do that? I keep his word in the midst of my heart because his word is life to me as I find it. And it is health or medicine to all of my flesh. His word is medicine. In other words, the whole word of God is health to your flesh. I told you this story. Um, gosh, and now I forget. I, I want to say, was it Singapore maybe? Or so, somewhere. 
it was, I don't think it was, it was Singapore's a big area, but I think there's somewhere out there in that air part of the world, Rama has a Bible college and every student, every national student has to have a ministry. I can't remember which Rama it was now. Maybe you'll remember or if you guys might remember. But anyway, this young man, a national of whatever country this was, um, all of a sudden the head of the school goes, hey, so what, what's your ministry? And he goes, oh, he goes, there's a part of, this, of the island that there's people, you'll see them. He goes, I'll drive out there and I'll be driving out in that area and I'll see some guy out there living out in the, in the jungle, naked, who lost his mind. And he says, so what I do is I take him and invite him into my house and, and I, I have him live with me and he goes, usually it's about 30 days. And the, and the, the head of the Bible school is going, what do, you, what do you mean? He goes, well, every morning I read a chapter in the Bible to him. And then every night we read a chapter in the Bible. And within 30 days, his mind will come back, just completely come back. And he goes, it's really kind of funny because a lot of these people are like professionals. Doctors, attorneys, different things. And their mind will come back. And then they'll go back to their life and, and, you know, get saved and they just start living. And this, the head of this Bible school is like, that's incredible. So, so, and this is what we do. This is really, we're, we have PhDs in Word of Faith churches on this. So my first question is, what do you read to him? Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write a book on that. Right? And then I'll get to it with a publisher and pretty soon... You know, like the prayer of Jabez. Pretty soon a publisher, and man, there's books coming out. The prayer of Jabez for my second cousin's third aunt's cat, right? You know, I mean, we'll have all, but it's like, okay, what are you reading? What's causing this miraculous stuff to happen? And the student goes, he goes, we just read anything. He goes, usually I'll read one chapter in the Old Testament, one chapter in the New Testament. Yeah, but where? Oh, it doesn't matter where, anywhere. And so the teacher's like, are you kidding me? So, so where did you come up with this? And now the student looking at, is looking at him really weird. The student goes, well, um, I got that from you. And so the head of the school's going, what? He goes, yeah, you, you were teaching on, in Proverbs. You said the word of God is life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. So why am I saying that? The whole word of God is health to your flesh. If you really believe that, you, you wouldn't have to do this. There's a lot of people. Now, I know I'm, I'm preaching to the crowd tonight because you guys are, you got color-coded, you know, your Bibles are worn out. But a lot of people, when they come to church, they got to put a mask on and then do this. And dust goes everywhere, you know, and right? And then when they turn in their Bibles, they're like, you hear this, because it's never been open to that scripture before, right? But if we really believed that the whole word of God is full of healing power, if you really believed that God is your healer, Jehovah Rapha, part of that translation is, I am your great physician, right? He's not a practicing physician. He's the great physician. The whole word of God has a quick... Now, now you got it. I would write this down because this is big. The whole word of God has a quickening and a cumulative effect on your physical body. It's a quickening effect, but it's cumulative. You've got to keep taking. Could you imagine taking medicine? Okay, you take this twice a day for 10 days, and you take it for two days and go, ah, eh, I feel better, I'm good. Right? No, that's not the way that, that that medicine's designed to work. And the Word of God, it's cumulative. So how long do you take this medicine? God wants you to meditate in this medicine day and night. He never wants you to let this depart from your eyes. He wants you to give your undivided attention to it. He never wants you to let this depart from your mouth. He wants you talking about it all the time. The reason why the word of God 
has a quickening and cumulative effect on your body is because you cannot separate God from his word. In the beginning, right, was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Right then in verse 14 of John chapter 1, and the word became flesh. So this is Jesus, right? You don't learn this, you discern this, and I've got good news for you. You have the teacher on the inside of you. Isn't that awesome? So in other words, this passage is explaining what healing is all about. Brother Hagen made that statement. He said, man, if I could keep people under the light of God's word long enough, they'll receive from him and, and walk in their healing. And you know, it's a little different for us now because we don't have. See, back then, these people would come to meetings. I mean, my wife grew up. Every night, they're in meetings for weeks on end, right? You know, we have a guest minister and sometimes we go Sunday and Monday night do you ever, like, you, by Tuesday, you're like, wow, that was taxing. But back years ago, it was like every night you're in church. Brother Hagen would do meetings and he would teach. He'd never take a meeting for less than three weeks. And he would go in, during the healing revival, he would go into the local church. That's what the Lord had him do. And he would teach in the morning meetings. He would teach, teach, teach on healing. And then at night, they would have healing services. And he would encourage people to stay under the word long enough until all of a sudden faith is birthed, right? But see, now we can do that too. Man, if you're facing symptoms in your body, do you realize you have access? I mean, if you really like me, now you might have to take a break from me because my, you know, I've been told my voice is so soothing it might put you to sleep. So maybe you could save me for the end of the day, right? But, I mean, you, you want, Keith Moore is phenomenal. The, the anointing, the healing anointing. Do you know his ministry will send you all of the CDs? You could call them up. I think you could get two or three at a time. CD series on healing. Some of the greatest teaching on healing for free. But you don't even have to wait till you get it. You could just go online and download it, and it's all right there. Do you know you could get on, you could buy a Roku and plug it into your TV. You know, ask your grandkids how to do this if you don't know. But be careful, because our two-and-a-half-year-old grandson, before we could grab it, bought a year subscription to ESPN and paid for it. We're like, what? <laughs> Try to cancel something like that, right? We had to put an, a little thing on, you know, so that he can't do that anymore. Jeanette's like, hey, did you, did you buy the 13th season of Paw Patrol? I'm like, What? Asher figured out how to buy this stuff. Remember that? Oh, my goodness. So, But you get that Roku, and you could have access to YouTube on your TV. You could listen to teaching on healing all day and all night. So in other words, you, that could help you. You know, now all the word of God is health, but now, man, I'm telling you, just keep feeding on the word of God, and it's health. It's, it's, it has a cumulative and a quickening effect on you. This is huge. So if you look at this, let actually jump over to John chapter 6. I want to break this down a little bit. John chapter 6, verse 63. So remember, Proverbs says that the word of God is life and health. Life to those that find it, health to all their flesh. John chapter 6, verse 63 it says, it is the spirit that quickens. We always really focus on the last part of that verse. God's words are spirit and life. But look at what it says at the beginning. It is the spirit that quickens. The Greek word quickens means to make alive. It means to restore to life. It means to heal. In other words, spiritual things bring a quickening power. The Holy Spirit that you have on the inside of you is there to heal you. 
And he's right on the inside of you. Wow. Isn't that good news? But it says here it's the spirit that quickens. The flesh, in other words, the actions and deeds of the flesh, or you could say it this way, anything that you can do on your own trying to make a way towards God profits nothing. Anything you can do in your own strength to try to make your way to where God will do something for you, it profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing. Wow. How much time do we spend thinking about our flesh that profits nothing? How, many, how much time do we spend thinking about the greater one on the inside of us, the word of God that's in us, that literally brings life to us? It says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So in other words, God's words are spirit and God's words are life. So you compare Proverbs 4.22 to John 6.63 and look at what you have. In Proverbs 4.22, God's words are life and health. Right? In John 6.63, what are they? The spirit quickens. The words that he speaks are spirit and their life. So in other words, God's words are spirit, life, and health. The word of God quickens you. So what are, you, what are, what are we saying here? You have access to the very healing power of God all the time. So keep the switch of faith turned on. Go to sleep listening. You know, Larry Hutton, who's a, a great minister who's been here several times, he's got a CD, I think we sell it in the bookstore, it's called Heaven's Health Food. What he did is he went into a kind of a studio with a friend of his playing a keyboard, and he read all these healing scriptures. He would, he would read one healing scripture in several translations and go to another one in several translations and just keep reading that. I remember early in the church, there was a lady who was going to a Lutheran church, and she had a one-year-old little girl that had a tumor that had formed on her esophagus, and it grew to, was it the size of a baseball? I mean, it was big. And they didn't know what they were going to do because to operate, they could cut the esophagus, and there was just all these issues and uh, so we sat down with this lady, the little baby's in the hospital and everything. We sat down with her and we gave her that CD. And you know, we ministered to her. We, lay, we laid hands on that little baby, one years old. All of a sudden one day, and, and, the, and the, the lady said that man, sometimes at night, Satan ever come to you at night, right? Don't, he did the same thing to Jesus, right? When you're all alone, came, came to her, and what she would do is she would just play that. And she would just start speaking those scriptures over her little girl. And all of a sudden one day, woke up, the tumor was gone. So, so they freaked out because they're like, a tumor that size with all the toxins in that tumor if it burst and all of that went into the system. So they immediately started doing all these tests on this little baby and there was no toxic, it just was gone. Amen. So that was, was that in 2007 maybe? What year did you graduate from high school? 11? 11. So, so like four years later, I went to the person's house that knew this lady, it was our worship leader, went to their house, their daughter had a, a party graduated from high school and I'm walking up and here's the mother and she says hey I want you to meet my little girl she was in a bouncy house bouncing up and down this healthy little girl remember that just what a it's healing power 
Larry told me that people would literally be in comas and that would wake up healed speaking the word of God. Yeah, it's amazing. Why? Because the word of God has healing power in it. Amen? Hallelujah. So this verse is telling us in John 6, 63 that the quickening power or we could say the healing power of God is through the Spirit. In other words, the healing power of God is spiritual. Now you're thinking, okay, pastor, it's Wednesday night, I've worked hard all day. Can you please tell me something I don't know? It's spiritual. Why do I say that? So stop comparing the healing power of God to medicine. Stop that. Well, you know, pastor, listen, I'm believing God and I know he's my healer. Should I not take my medicine? Oh my gosh, what does that have to do with anything? No, faith doesn't come by not having or by not taking medicine. Faith comes by hearing the word. Why don't you take the medicine in faith? Because that's going to be the shortest road to getting off the medicine. Right? Do you know there's Christians that think they believe this stuff that are scared to death to go to a doctor because they know there's some stuff going on in their body and they don't want to be told that because they're afraid. And they just will tell you, no, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. And it's like, no, no, brother, you're so not in faith. Because faith never denies the symptoms or the diagnosis. It denies their right to remain. Always. Because there's a higher law right don't compare this to natural things don't compare the healing power of god to natural things like taking medicine why because god's word is spirit and life and it has a cumulative healing effect so in other words the more that you live under the light and under the sound of it the more results you receive from it the more you live under the light and really under the sound of God's word, the more that you receive the results from it. Could it be so many people in our circles that hear this are not laying hold and the reality of it is, I think it's really like this. I think they've laid hold. They've laid hold. They've, I'm going to use something other than a water bottle. They've actually laid hold. I believe that I receive. But then they just get distracted. And as they're moving towards that thing manifesting in their body, pretty soon they let go of it because they just start getting distracted. They get busy. Pretty soon the word is no longer before their eyes. It, it's, they're, they're giving other things their attention. And then pretty soon they start talking about Man, my back's killing me. This is happening. And then they start wondering, yeah, how's... And, you know, Satan's right there going, hey, by the way, you know, have you noticed... Uh, here, let me talk to you about the last 25 years, how you didn't lay hold of this. And I wonder why you're not laying hold of it now or why would you think you would now? Right? We start listening to wrong things. Throw all that out. I challenge you, just live under the sound and under the light of it. You know how you live under the sound of God's word? On the lowest level, you listen to it, right? Go out in my car right now, start my car, and you will hear teaching. I listen to the word all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. I speak the word all the time, all the time, all the time. That's the greatest way to hear it because you listen to yourself more than you listen to anybody else. Now, sp spouses, be nice. Don't, don't, don't be like, yeah, that's right, wow, you know, right? So this is big. The more you live under the light and sound of it, the more that it will work for you. Look at Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. We're starting to come down, just kind of come down the hill a little bit. I've got so many pages of notes, I'm not even thinking of, not worried about even coming close to going through everything tonight. So just hang with me for a few more minutes. 
I promise I won't go late next Wednesday. I, I might possibly go late Sunday, okay? <laughs> Romans chapter 4, verse 17. It says this, as it is written, and now the word of God is going to quote Genesis 17, 5. God talking to Abraham, I have made you a father of many nations. God spoke this to him before he had any children. Before him whom he believed, even God, who is God, look at this, who quickens the dead. He makes alive the dead. He restores to life dead things. He heals dead things. And calls those things which be not as though they were. This is the language of faith. This is the language of God. He calls the end from the beginning. I love this. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Right? That's, that's verse 2. Jump over to verse 11. I want you to lay your eyes on this. We talk about it, but I want you to lay your eyes on this. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. We ta we're talking about how the Holy Spirit quickens you. He is the agent of the healing power of God. You're quickened by the word of God and by the spirit of God. Guess what? The spirit of God, the mighty Holy Spirit, who does he testify of? He only testifies of the word. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Now think about this in relation. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. But if the spirit of him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, so does he? Are you born again tonight? If you're, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. This is the word dwell. It's the Greek word oikeo. It means to inhabit, to reside, and to remain in. How long will the Holy Spirit remain in you? The Bible says forever, way beyond this life. What does that cause to happen in your life? This, the fact that he's remaining in you, causes you to be spiritually minded. If you'll let it, right? Or if you'll let him, he will cause you to be spiritually minded. And this is a massive key on receiving your healing. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also. That is the strongest Greek phrase. That means God is saying to you tonight, if I'm in you, this is what I'm going to do. Now who can stop it? Only you can stop it if you don't believe it. You can cause the healing power of God to lay dormant in your life if you choose not to believe it. But if you choose to simply believe it, and I gotta tell you guys, we have a big, we have a, see, we have been given a right and an obligation to walk in healing because we have the responsibility of telling other people. Amen. Do you know how many of your brothers and sisters that are suffering tonight that do not know it's God's will that they be healed? They just don't, they've never heard it. Or they've heard worse things like, well, he heals some and not others. Right? Which is not biblical. It says this, if he dwell in you, what shall he do? He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. He'll quicken you. The word quicken means he will make your mortal body alive. What does that mean? If you have nerve damage in your body, he will re, he'll make those nerves alive again. Wow. He'll, he'll restore joints. He can rebuild cartilage. He can make your heart whole and healthy again. 
He can make a valve that's not working right start working. The Holy Spirit quickening can remove plaque buildup in your carotid artery or any arteries in your body. This word means literally to make alive, to restore to life, and it means to heal. It says if he's in you, he shall quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. In other words, if a believer will be spiritually minded, then the Holy Spirit is able to quicken your mortal body. That's why it says to be spiritually minded is what? It's life and it's peace. To be carnally minded is what? It's death because he's not able to quicken you. Listen, we all have bodies that are subject to sickness and disease. Right? We don't have our glorified body yet. Oh, that's going to be a great day. We need. Now, you might be sitting here going, well, man, I'm healthy. That's great. He'll keep you healthy. Right? Think about that. I wonder what would happen to an individual as you're going throughout your day. You're walking around saying, listen, Father, I thank you that the Holy Spirit is quickening my mortal body with the healing power of God. It's operating in every cell of my body. It protects me from viruses. It protects me from sickness. It heals me and protects me from disease. It's restoring my joints. It's, it's changing the curvature of my spine. Right? Is that true? Absolutely true. Absolutely true. In other words, healing is all about being spiritually minded. So this is why the Holy or this is why Satan wants to distract you. Satan hates our church. I love that. I would hate it if he didn't hate our church. Right? Because, man, we're going to preach this louder and louder and louder. People need to know this. Listen, sickness and disease is not God's will. He wants you well. And if you're sick, even if you've messed your body up, listen, repent and let him heal it. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the healing agent of God. And we access his ministry in our life. Through the word of God. This is huge. This is huge. You can tell the difference on people's faces when they're walking in fellowship with God, right? Or when they are not. You can tell by their countenance. When you walk with him, you reflect his image. When you're in fellowship with him, what, what happens to you when you're in fellowship with him? You are open to his word always, right? You're open to his word and you can see the reflection of his glory even on your face. In 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says, but we all, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, but we all with an open face, this is an unveiled, this is a face that has had the veil removed. Beholding as in a glass or as a mirror the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. See, when a believer lives in broken fellowship with God, notice I didn't say broken relationship because you're still a child of God. But when you live in broken fellowship, it's like a darkness that's all around you. And I'm here to tell you, if you've been living in a darkness that's all around you, all that you need to do is simply look back to here and start peering into this. Because as you peer into the Word of God, it's life to you. It's health to all your flesh. And you are changed from glory to glory to glory by the Holy Spirit in you. Isn't it amazing? The, it's the, the word changed is the Greek word metamorphode. 
It's the same exact word that is used in, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's metamorphosed. Be transformed. It's the same word that is translated transfigured. On the Mount of Transfiguration, it says that Peter, James, and John were up on the mountain with him, and, and all of a sudden he was transfigured. It said that literally his, his clothes was just, was just beaming. In other words, the glory that was on the inside of him was showing on the out. I'm here to tell you that's what happens when you're spiritually minded. You're walking in every moment of every day. God is quickening your mortal body. It'll change your countenance. Faith does not wear you out. If it's wearing you out, it's not faith. Faith is a rest. It's where you've taken the situation and you've heard from God and you literally do this to it. You close the book on it. You say, there you go, God. I have all my trust in you. I'm not going to work that out at all. And I walk around saying, Father, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I'm free. I thank you that my kids are healed. I thank you that my family's restored. And I refuse to believe anything else. And I'm telling you, as you do that, the glory of God will be seen because the word of God has a quickening and cumulative effect every, all the time, all the time. Hallelujah.